Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome once again to New Creation Realities, Our Lessons in Christ. And we're going to go ahead and continue today with just that, Our Lessons in Christ. We are still going to look at redemption. And <clears throat> once again, just uh, how, we came, how we came to be looking at redemption is that I did a strong number search for the word, the words in Christ and Cristo. Uh, Strong's number 1722 and Strong's number 5547, where they both appear in the same sentence. And Romans chapter 3, verse 24, is where they first appear in the same sentence. <clears throat> and so here, here it is. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And of course, right here in this passage, well, I'll go ahead and read the context of it. It's Romans chapter 3. I'll, I'll just read verse 21 through 26. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned, verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness that He, I love this, His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. <clears throat> in Jesus. I love that just the way it mentions it there with the Lord. In, in the emphasis is the emphasis emphasis is in God. You know His righteousness, so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And so. I, don't, I can't remember. I don't think we looked at any definitions in our, la in our previous class concerning redemption. Uh, but I'll go ahead and look at some for this class, and that's basically all we're going to do is look at some definitions uh, for the term redemption. And I'll make some comments of my own. It is... Apolutrosios. Apolutrosios. In the Greek, Strong's number 629. And this is the Strong's Greek definition, the Strong's Dictionary. <clears throat> it says, from a compound of 575 and 3083, and we're going to look at those two in just a second. It says, the act, the act, ransom in full, that is figuratively riddance, and riddance with this particular definition, deliverance, a setting free as a riddance from all adversity. So it's deliverance, or specifically Christian salvation, right? Deliverance, a setting free as riddance from all adversity. All right, now it's, it's from a compound of those two different strongs, uh, numbers, basically the other Greek uh, words. One of them is apple, 
Apple, and uh, Strong's word 575, and it's a primary particle off, that is away from something near, in various senses of place, time, or relation, literally or figuratively. The other word is lutron, and that's Strong's number 3083, the other number, from, uh, from 3089, it says uh, something to loose with, that is a redemption price, figuratively atonement, translated into the English as ransom. It's the re re redemption price. <clears throat> and so that's the Strong's uh, Greek Dictionary. And the, this is the Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament, the BDAG, for the word redemption, for apolutrosis, apolutrosis, the Greek term, redemption. Originally buying back a slave or captive that is making free by payment of a ransom. Prisoners of war could ordinarily face slavery. And I'm not sure if we'll read it in a definition going on, but basically what would happen is if there was a war going on, uh, the conquering king would take the prisoners of, uh, of the other army and pretty much make them slaves and sell them as slaves. Okay, so that's why it says right here, prisoners of war could ordinarily uh, face slavery. And then it has number one, release from a painful interrogation. And they have some, <clears throat> they have some examples here uh, from a story in 2 Maccabees chapter 7, verses like basically 1 through 42 and 4th Maccabees. Uh, these are um, apocryphal books. Fourth uh, Maccabees chapter eight verses four through fourteen, which which I did read, and it was very interesting because there was uh, there was this concept that that well before I mention that I want to look at this real quick because this makes all the difference right here. I know, well, I don't know, I think. Oh gosh, here it is. It's not, it's not Job at all. It is, it is the Psalms. This is, see, this, this, this is why I just, I love the scriptures. All right, let me just jot this down. All right, 
this is Psalm 49, uh, like verses 5 through 8, okay? Why should I fear in the days of evil when the iniquity, uh, when the iniquity at my heels surrounds me? Those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, uh, verse 7, none of them can by any means, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their souls is costly. And then it goes on, it shall cease uh, forever that he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. Um, and then it just it just goes on. But none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. And see, <clears throat> basically saying that ultimately man cannot redeem man by man's wealth or ability concerning God. All right? And we're going to look at some passages uh, in the Exodus where the Lord's basic, the Lord basically says, "I will, I will," and basically um, declaring the Lord Himself is our Redeemer, which we know this. <clears throat> but what I was mentioning about the Maccabees is that there was this concept in their mind that they could, uh, by their own, I guess, martyrdom, martyrdom. Uh, procure a ransom for the people of Israel. And yet right here we read that none can by any means redeem his brother. By any means, no matter what you do, like <clears throat> no matter what a believer does for a, listen, because listen, I'm, I'm bringing this into, the, into really what it amounts to. Nothing that a believer can do can ransom the soul of another, excuse me, of an of a non-believer, of one who is not born again. No, this this is by God and God alone. God alone does this. Man can't do this. Jesus Himself came. We know this as a ransom, uh, as the Redeemer, and He redeemed those who would believe in Him. Those who would believe believe in His redemptive work on the cross. Those who would believe in his blood. God performs the redemption, not man, not man. So there was this concept during the Maccabees that, you know, if they endured uh, like this torture even to death, that uh, God would somehow uh, redeem Israel for them because of because of their because of their martyrdom. Uh, and that's not the case, brothers and sisters, though that might have been in their mind. Uh, only one, there's only one Redeemer, who is Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The true Messiah. Jesus himself said this, all that came before me were thieves and robbers. False, false messiahs. He and he alone is the true Messiah. Because God accepted the work of His Son, so much so that His Son sat down at the right hand of God. God is, God is just. And where did where did where did we just read that? We read that just a little bit ago. Um, just 
that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And I just, I just love that. <clears throat> love that. Not, not letting man slip by for anything. Not, not letting man's condition slip by for anything. Remember, when Adam and Eve partook of the tree of death, they entered into a condition. Their souls entered into a condition of death. They had never partaken of life. The tree of life was present in the garden. They never partook of it. But when they partook of the tree of death, their souls came into a condition of death. God, being just, he puts an angel with a flaming sword, drives man out of the garden. Man can no longer enter into this garden of Eden, lest he take of the tree of life and continue in the condition of death forever. And so God, being so merciful, does this. And he is just in doing it. And he is just in his son dying upon a cross, just as well. So at man's, uh, everything is paid for. Yes, the curse came upon Christ. He became, a cur- he became a curse for us. For cursed is the one who hangs on a tree. Jesus hung on the cross, bore the curse of God, bore the wrath of God, bore the judgment of God. And God is seen as being just. And so, uh, back back to the definition. Right here it says, um, release from a painful interrogation, release offered in return uh, for apostasy. That's in reference to the references of the Maccabees. Um, but as we read in Psalm 49, man cannot redeem any other man. God must be the redeemer. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> now, they also have the reference of Hebrews and I do want to read that passage. Hebrews chapter 11. Where are we? Hebrews 11, verse 35. I'll go ahead and read that. Women women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. There it is. But listen to this. That they might obtain a better resurrection. Now, this was also in the thought of those martyrs that are mentioned in the book of Maccabees. But uh, I'll go ahead and continue reading. Uh, still others had, still in, in Hebrew, still others had trials of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, going on, <clears throat> of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dense caves and caves of the earth. All these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise at the time. They believed, and they, they, right here, verse 35, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And one of, one of the verses where, where is it? Verse 37, where it says, uh, we're slain in two, we're sawn, uh, sawn, sawn in two, sawn asunder. Uh, where is it? In Smith's Bible Dictionary, and, I, and I've, I've read this in other places, but I just wanted to mention reference. It's, it's, there's a reference to this particular verse as being Isaiah who was sawn in two in the trunk of a tree by uh, one of the evil kings, of course. And just in that they might obtain a better resurrection... 
They refused being redeemed by, listen, a natural redemption. But they looked for the greater. See, brothers and sisters, with anything natural, in this sense, a natural deliverance, because that's that's what the, the riddance was in the, in the definition of redemption. With a natural deliverance, there comes a natural freedom that lasts, begins at one point in time, and ends in one point in time. It's found in the temporal realm. And yet there were those who refused. Yes, they refused that natural deliverance, if you will, redemption, looking for the greater deliverance, the greater redemption, the greater resurrection, who is Christ himself. See, with a natural, natural deliverance, it's still me again. It's still I again. But with the greater deliverance, the greater redemption, the greater resurrection, it is not I, but Christ. An eternal deliverance, an eternal redemption, brothers and sisters, an eternal resurrection. Because these natural bodies began in a particular time, moment of time, and will come to end at a particular moment of time. But the redemption, the deliverance, the resurrection we receive in the person of Christ himself is eternal. That means outside of time, not bound to time. So much greater, so much greater. And we are so time bound in our thought based upon everything we see with our natural eye, that we can understand with our natural mind. But not the Lord, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> so going on, going on. I want to just continue right here with this. Uh, and so, uh, number two, still with a BDAG, it's got number two, release from a captive condition. Release, redemption, deliverance. Uh, figurative extension of the Original in use, uh, use, the original use in connection with manumission. And I went ahead and looked the word up. It basically means release from slavery, being set free. The act of liberating a slave from bondage and giving him freedom. That's what manumism, manumission is of captives or slaves, the release from sin and finiteness that comes through Christ. All right. So going on, this is the Loanida, <clears throat> Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament for the word redemption. Apolutrosis, Strong's number 629, says the following, to release or set free with the implied analogy to the process of freeing a slave. It goes on, 
Oh, it gives a reference here. Yeah, it gives a couple of references. And we may have touched on these. Yes, we did touch on these, I, I believe, in our past class. Uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 21, where it says, where it had the two disciples on the Emmaus road, and we had hoped that he would be the one who was going to liberate us, redeem us. But that was still, with that particular expectation, that was still a natural expectation. Because Christ is the liberation of the soul. Christ is the redeemer of the soul. He is. <clears throat> an eternal deliverance. An eternal redemption. So much greater than the expectation of the time, brothers and sisters, and so much greater than our own expectations that are bound by time, that are bound by the natural realm. He is so much greater than that. So much greater than that. So that was uh, Luke chapter 21, excuse me, 24, verse 21. And then it gives the other reference. Uh, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 38. We, we saw this in our previous class of Hannah. She spoke about the child of Jesus to all who were waiting for God to liberate Jerusalem. Now, of course, I do believe we mentioned in the last class as well that there was during that time this great expectation for the Messiah, for a Messiah to show, for the Messiah to appear and to deliver Israel from the oppression of the Romans during the time. And that's still a temporal redemption. That's still a temporal deliverance. It still is. And there were those who were looking for that. And yet, because we read in Hebrews, where was it? Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, not accepting natural deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Something greater than the natural realm. Something greater than temporal. Something greater than temporal. And there were those because it says it right there in Hebrews 11.35. And there were those as well during Jesus' time that were looking for something greater than the temporal. I mean, they could be, they, they could, if, they, if, if the persons really thought it out, they could see the cycle. In bondage, God sends a deliverer out of bondage. In bondage, God sends a redeemer out of bondage. And then it's just a constant cycle with really, if you think about, if you really think about this, nothing to look forward to. If you're in bondage, you can look forward to deliverance from that bondage. But once you are delivered, now all this is of natural, with natural expectation, brothers and sisters, once you are delivered from that natural bondage uh, and you are in natural liberty, then all you have 
to look forward to is when you will be once again yet in another natural bondage. And all that was temporal. That expectation has, it's just a vicious cycle. And yet the Lord comes as eternal deliverance, as eternal redemption. And during the whole time, up until, up until Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection, up until that time, the whole time when Israel in testimony experienced uh, deliverance, then they go back into bondage. I mean, it's terrible in the book of Judges. We know this is up, down, up, down, freedom, bondage, freedom, bondage, freedom, bondage. I mean, that's the whole cycle in the book of Judges. <clears throat> but uh, everything, though, the, the freedom, the deliverance, the redemption, all testified of Christ who was to come. Up until that whole entire time, brothers and sisters, the soul of all of them, of all humanity, was still in bondage to the condition of death and could not escape it, no matter what he did. I mean, we just read it. We just read it a while ago. What was it? Psalms. I must have looked it up in a different uh, Bible app. Psalm 49, verse 7. None of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. True redemption, true redemption, the true redemption that was needed, none could do. The true deliverance that was needed, no man could perform. None. As I stated, though Israel experienced deliverance and then back into bondage, deliverance back into bondage, the true redemption that was needed, the true deliverance that was needed, no man could bring. God and God alone, listen, in the person of His Son, the Messiah, brought once and for all. Continually testified of Him. And He came and performed. <clears throat> we'll go on to read, brothers and sisters, that once having been delivered by true deliverance, true redemption, who is in Christ, who is Christ Jesus in the person of Christ, one cannot impossible return to bondage. One cannot truly return to bondage, no. Mm -mm. Now in your mind, in the, in the vanity of our minds, in the ignorance of our minds, we can be Though totally redeemed, eternally redeemed, in the vanity of our minds, we can be maybe experiencing redemption and then experiencing bondage. But all that is in the vanity of our minds, in our ignorance. Because in truth, if the person, if the soul is born again, if you are born again, your soul has experienced eternal redemption by the blood of Christ. There is, brothers and sisters, no 
going back. The Lord did this. Can we undo what the Lord hath done? Do we think ourselves greater than the Almighty? El Shaddai, the all-powerful, all-able, all-capable God. If we do, we're quite foolish. So going on, let's, <clears throat> let's continue on. Uh, this is the intermediate, intermediate Greek-English lexicon. Uh, Little, Lydell, and Scots, forgive me on my pronunciation of the name. Let's see. Oh, we were reading it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Let's see. She spoke about the child, about Jesus, to all who were, who were waiting for God. I love that. Let's just go ahead and look up that, that verse real quick. It is Luke Luke chapter 2, verse 38. And coming in that instant, Anna, A-N-N-A. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess. That's Luke chapter 2, verse 36. The daughter of uh, Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. And then it goes on. Uh, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings, and prayers night and day, and coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord. First of all, thanking God, thanking the Lord for the one whom the Lord brought, the one whom the Lord sent. See, that's the difference. And spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. The redemption to be found in a person. Listen, not in an act, but in, an, in a person himself. See, we have, we, we, have to, we have to... How shall I say it? We have to consider things scripturally. What I mean by that is basically the following. Wherever Christ is present, wherever the Son of God is present, wherever the Messiah is present, redemption is present. Salvation is present. Eternal life is present. Forgiveness of sins is present. Everything is present in the person of Christ, in the person of the Son. Where He is not present, then there is the lack of, and the want thereof. So, <clears throat> let's go on a bit. In a number of languages, one cannot speak of being set free without specifying the particular manner or circumstances involved. In the case of Luke chapter uh, 24, verse 21, where the two disciples on the Emmaus road... Was it Emmaus? I think it was Emmaus. <clears throat> Yeah, Emmaus. Uh, it says, uh, for example, it may be necessary to translate to liberate Israel as to cause Israel to be free from foreign control or from the power of Rome. 
That was a natural expectation. A similar type of translation may be required in uh, Luke chapter 238. And I would say, no, this was for those with the true expectation of the person. Once again, there is a natural redemption versus a spiritual redemption. A natural redemption brings you natural freedom from a natural bondage. Spiritual redemption, eternal. I've got to put eternal. Eternal redemption in Christ brings eternal freedom, eternal deliverance. So much greater, so much greater. And there were those who refused a natural deliverance that they might attain the better resurrection. The better resurrection, once again, is not I again, but Christ. All right, going on. This is the Complete Word Study Dictionary of the New Testament. And in reading this, just some things came to my mind. And I'll just go ahead and read it and then just mention my comments. For the word redemption, apolutrosis in the Greek, Strong's number 629, it says to let go free for a ransom, which is from apo, which we looked at, Strong's number 575, and from lutro, uh, Strong's number 3084, we also looked at that one too, to redeem. Redemption, the, re, the recalling of captives, sinners, from captivity, sin, through the payment of a ransom for them. That is Christ's death. That is Christ's death, period. Yeah, almost missed the period. Sin is presented as slavery and sinners as slaves. And there's several verses in the New Testament. Deliverance from sin is freedom. Several verses in the New Testament. When I was reading about that, I kid you not. I still been. I have still been looking at uh, the journey of Abraham. Now I'm finally with Abraham. Uh, Genesis chapter 17. Uh, I'm at the place where God changes his name from Abram to Abraham. Uh, bless God. Bless the Lord. I'm thankfully there by the Lord. And so I've I've still been in there. And so all that is still on my heart. And when I read this, this is what I thought of. First and foremost, because here in reference, uh, the redemption is from sin and the bondage of sin, the slavery of sin. Yes, it is. It is. It is. It is. And yet it goes on. It's so much greater than just sin. Okay. First and foremost, this is what I wrote. Redemption is of the firstborn from among the dead, Christ the Messiah. Now listen, the type that I'm thinking of is Isaac. The whole passage is Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 19, 19 verses, and you can, you can read them. But what I was thinking was this, 
Because God says, I'll just go there real quick. Genesis chapter 22, starting with verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And see, what came to mind was the following. What sin did Isaac commit? Was it a matter of sin at all? Because if you're really studying out redemption, you will come across this passage, the offering up of Isaac. But in thinking about it, did this redemption have to do at all with sin? Now, please do not misunderstand, brothers and sisters. Jesus is our redemption from the sin, from bondage to sin. He is. He is. He's also our redemption from death. What sin did Isaac commit? He didn't commit any sin. His offering up, the father offering up his son, first and foremost, wasn't based upon sin. It was a burnt offering. And there are burnt offerings, you can check it out, that were not in relation to sin, but of free will unto God. It was a free will offering. So basically God tells this to Abraham. Abraham has the free will to say yes, okay, or no, no way. And thank God, it was a free will offering in the heart of Abraham. And not only in the heart of Abraham, but in the heart of Isaac as well. Because Isaac was led as a lamb to the slaughter and he opened not his mouth. In the sense of he refused not obedience unto his father. But was a willing sacrifice. This is tremendous, brothers and sisters, because all this testifies of Christ himself, the true Lamb of God. And so, uh, first and foremost, in obedience and free will of one's own will, it was a free will offering, a burnt offering, Concerning the burnt offering, I was I looked at two different uh, the Erdman's dictionary and Smith's dictionary. This is uh, a portion of Smith's dictionary right here. It says, "Offering by the sacrifice of himself, soul and body to God, the excuse me, I gotta see what I wrote. Su- the submission of his will to the will of the Lord, free will." Submitting the own, his own will to the will of God. Okay? Not in relation to sin, but a free will offering. And then, um, so it, that, that's what I thought after I read this concerning sin, because a lot of times that, that's, we think that Jesus died on the cross. We, 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 we have this thought, believers, that Jesus died on the cross primarily for our sins. And yes, he did die on the cross for our sins. He also died on the cross for a free 
will offering a burnt offering unto God as a sweet-smelling aroma, as an offering apart from sin. Remember what Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done. Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom you love. Offer him up on a mountain of which I will tell you. That's tremendous. And even as I was reading this, I'll go ahead and mention it too. Uh, so verse, verse 2 of Genesis chapter 22, And Abram rose early in the morning uh, and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering. And, and we all know this is a type of, of Christ being crucified, the, the, the cross, Christ bearing the cross, and ro- arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Verse 4, Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. What does that mean? Oh, well, it's the cross. Yes, it is the cross. But what does that mean specifically here for? Listen, Abraham. For Abraham, it means the following, that in his heart, he has already experienced the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Isaac, his son. He experienced it in his heart. So they're going there the third day. The third day, Abraham lifts his eyes and saw the place afar off. It was already a done deal in his heart because he had already experienced this in his heart. So then he says this, and he says it in faith. Because he not only experiences it, he sees it with the eye of faith. He looks into the eternal and sees the the slain lamb alive again. A lamb as though it had been slain and yet lives. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. In faith, having seen the resurrection, he goes forward. I love that. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. There it is, the son bearing his cross to be crucified. And he took the fire in his hand and, and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, my father, and he said, here, I'm, here I am, my son. And he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God told them, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife. I mean, this is his son trusting his father completely and ultimately and completely trusting the words of his father. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. 
and Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. This is uh, Yahweh Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven. He said, behold, I myself have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this, I have not and and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you and multiplying, I will multiply your seed, descendants, seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants, your seed shall possess the gates, the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. In your seed. Which seed is Christ? Ultimately, the seed of which God was speaking is Christ himself, the Messiah, his very own son. Okay. So going on. Still with uh, the complete word study dictionary of the New Testament. This is number one, letter I, deliverance on account of the ransom paid as spoken of the deliverance from the power and consequences of sin, which Christ procured by laying down his life, a ransom, lutron, for those who believe. And that is God in the person of his son provided and has provided has provided and provides salvation for all. For, listen, whosoever will believe what God has spoken. Brothers and sisters, that's the issue. Not everyone believes what God has said. Therefore, they receive not the redemption. They receive not the salvation. They receive not the eternal life that God has already provided in His Son. The example, in Egypt, In Egypt, remember once again, what was the condition of Israel? Well, of all of them, while they were in Egypt, the condition was death. No matter what they did, they could not escape their hard bondage. They were under bondage. They were in bondage. They could not escape it. Yes, God did miracle signs and wonders. God judged all the gods of the Egyptians and showed himself to be Lord of all, King of kings and Lord of lords, the only true and living God, the only, brothers and sisters, all-powerful El Shaddai. And yet, with all that, there's only one deliverance from, listen, among the dead, and that is the Lamb. And God spoke to Moses, to speak to the children of Israel, you shall slay the Passover lamb. You shall put the blood upon the doors and you shall go in through the door into the house and eat of the lamb. The lamb will be now on the inside. Those who do it shall receive salvation, shall receive redemption from among the dead. Those who don't, well, They will not. God brought the condition of death to death. The power of death, God broke. God defeated. 
powers, principalities, making a public spectacle of them openly, triumphing over them in the cross, in the person of his Son. And unto those who believed, they received in the Messiah everything that God had declared. This is awesome. Also, not only that, but looking back before that, all that happened in Exodus chapter 4, verse 21 through 23, before God sends, you know, God is saying, you're going to go to Egypt and you're going to tell Pharaoh this. Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Let my son go that he may serve me. There you have, once again, the redemption of the firstborn. Because in type, brothers and sisters, what happened with the children of Israel while they are in Egypt, in death, in bondage to the condition of death, Pharaoh was a hard taskmaster, a hard ruler over them. God in testimony, is redeeming his son out from among the dead. His only son. Unto himself. If you can hear this, Our redemption is also our life. Our redemption, who Christ is, is also our life, who Christ is. We who are born again, have received life, have received forgiveness of sins, have received everything by the eternal redemption who Christ himself is. Precious blood, brothers and sisters, we were bought, our souls were bought with a price. Okay. Yeah, Uh, going on. This is the theological lexicon of the New Testament. Spick or Spick, something like that. I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name. It goes uh, for number four. It says, these sociological facts are illuminating, especially in that they show that the one freed is the property of the one who has paid the ransom. We were bought with a price. We are not our own. Listen, even us who are born again, listen, listen, listen. Our life, who Christ is, is not our own. Our 
Our life is Christ. We live by the life of another. Eternal life made possible through eternal redemption. An eternal lamb slain at the foundation of the world. Jesus himself declaring, Behold, I was, I was, I, I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. It goes uh, going on. Complete redemption. Here it is. Uh, this is synonyms of the New Testament by Trench. It says, um, Apolutrosis is the form of the word which St. Paul invariably uh, prefers, occurring in the New Testament only at uh, uh, Lutrosis, then it goes on and says that. Uh, Chrysostom, upon Romans chapter 3, verse 24, which we're at, Drawing attention to this, observes that by this, apo, the apostle would express the completeness of our redemption in Christ. A redemption which no later, which no later bondage should follow. Don't you love that? the completeness of our redemption in Christ Jesus. See, this is the difference, brothers and sisters. All, all the testimonies beforehand of redemption, deliverance. Example, Book of the Kings. It's not, well, also in the Book of the Kings, but specifically Book of, um, Book of, Book of what was it, the Judges. I mean, they're, they're, Bound by their enemies, they experience deliverance. Then they have nothing to look forward to except another being bound by the enemy, their enemies. Because it's still them. It's still them. It's still humanity. It's still mankind that is bound by the condition of death. Until one came who was not bound by that condition. One came who is life, not bound by that condition of death at all. Man in the condition of death cannot redeem himself, cannot redeem any other. One who is not in bondage must come as a redeemer, as a deliverer. This redemption, brothers and sisters, this deliverance, brothers and sisters, is eternal. Not to return to again. Impossible. Because it is not a natural redemption, but an eternal redemption that brings eternal life. That's the difference. Let's see. 
there's several, I mean, I've got like nine pages of notes. No, we're not going to go over all nine pages of notes, but I've, I've enjoyed just reading all these. Um, Lord willing, I'll post these notes on my website. Uh, look, look at this. This is David uh, Guzik's Enduring Word Commentary uh, for Romans chapter 3, verse uh, 24. It says, well, they're, they're, the caption for number 3 is basically this, for Romans chapter 3, verse 23 through 24, it says, man's universal need and God's universal offer. It goes on, uh, it says this, salvation is possible, uh, letter E, under number three, it says redemption through through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Again, Paul Paul's gospel centers squarely in Christ Jesus. It it all revolves around Christ Jesus, brothers and sisters. And this this really isn't Paul's gospel. This is God's eternal gospel, who is Christ His Son. Everything of God centers in His Son, revolves around His Son. If there is a gospel and Christ is not the center of it, then it's not the gospel of God. It is, it is in fact, a false gospel. Okay, so going on. Centers squarely in Christ Jesus. I love the way he says this. Salvation is possible because of the redemption found in him. God cannot give us his righteousness apart from Jesus Christ. Because Christ is made unto us righteousness. Remember, as I mentioned earlier, wherever Christ is found, wherever the Son is found, salvation is found. Redemption is found. Ah, and this is eternal salvation, eternal redemption, eternal life, eternal righteousness. Because everything God gives and presents, presents, declares, declares, presents, and gives to the soul. Yes, that's the order. Declares, presents, and gives to the soul is all found in the person of his Son. The soul that rejects the Son has rejected everything that God declares and offers to the soul. The soul that, de- that rejects the Son rejects its very purpose for existing. Yes, it does. Everything of God is bound in the person of Christ, His Son, who is the Messiah. Everything of God. Let's see. This is the Cambridge Bible for Schools and Colleges. Commentary, Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Their notes. It says, uh, The sacrifice, the blood of the Savior, is the ransom of the soul. See for a similar context the following passages where the same Greek word or one closely uh, related in origin occurs. Cognate is the word. And it gives several different uh, passages. Matthew 20, 28. Uh, Let's just read that one real quick. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. This is Jesus himself speaking this. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give him his life, to give his life a ransom for many. Now remember from the Psalms that we read, no man 
by his ability. No man can bring about a ransom, a redemption for any soul, except because all, all that was in the same condition of bondage, condition of death that every other soul was in. But the Son, the Son of Man, the Son of God, was not in such a condition. God alone brought redemption. Remember, back to Israel in Egypt, among the dead, bound as slaves to death, the condition of death, Pharaoh ruling, reigning over them. They could do nothing. They could not deliver themselves. And God says, I will deliver you. I will. I will. I will. God and God alone, the Redeemer. For with man, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Going on. That was uh, for through the redemption. Now for the phrase, in Christ Jesus, it resides in him. We're still looking at the Cambridge Bible for schools and colleges. It resides, resides in him, that is redemption, resides in him as the immediate procuring cause. For he became unto us redemption. And I love this. To him, man must look for it. In him, he must find it. That means, apart from Jesus, apart from Christ, apart from the Son of God, apart from the Messiah, there is, brothers and sisters, nothing. Let's see if I have any other... Yeah, here's one. This is the Dictionary of Biblical Imagery, IVP, InterVarsity Press. Dictionary of Biblical Imagery. It says the following uh, under God as Redeemer. It says, in the Old Testament, the redemption is from such varied situations, situations, situations as an oppressor. That's one form of redemption. The hand of the foe, that's another form of re redemption. Uh, sins, that's another form of redemption. The grasp of the cruel, that's another form of redemption. And death, another form of redemption. Let me look at this verse real quick. Where am I? Here we go. <clears throat> I love this. Yeah, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to circle this. I love this. This is Hosea chapter 13 verse 14. I love this. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. Listen to the words. I will ransom them from the power of the grave among the dead. 
And Hosea, this may be this may be declaring uh, the return from the exiles from uh, the Babylonian captivity, which some uh, consider as like another form of like a second exodus. But brothers and sisters, everything of the scriptures is declaring Christ the true, is declaring the Son the true, is declaring the Messiah the true. Okay. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be your plagues. O grave, I will be your destruction. Pity is hidden from my eyes. The Apostle Paul picks up on this later on in his uh, one of his epistles. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? And I'm not sure, I, I paraphrase that. I know I paraphrase that. I will redeem them from death. I will. Not mankind. Not man's ability. But the only ability of the one who can. That was Hosea chapter 13, uh, verse 14. This is uh, the new dictionary of biblical theology, IVP, still IVP, InterVarsity Press, but it is the new dictionary of biblical theology, and I'll just wrap it up with this right here because I know we're going a little over time here. The context of the Markin statement is Jesus' prediction of his betrayal and death. Uh, It's basically in reference to Mark that we looked at. Where was it? I know we read it. Let me look it up again. Oh, that's Matthew. Let's see, right here. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Okay, the context of the Markin statement right here is Jesus' prediction of his betrayal and death. Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 32, and chapter 9, verses 31. And his question about uh, what to exchange for life. Look at that real quick, that reference. That's Mark chapter 8, verse 37. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Okay, Uh, the latter, an echo of Psalm 49, verses 7 through 9, and I believe that's a psalm we were looking at. Yep, Psalm 49. Who can redeem his brother, his friend? Zero. His neighbor, zero. No man can do this except the man, the Son of Man, the Son of God. Christ, the Messiah, right? The latter, an echo of Psalm 49, verses 7 through 9. Death is inescapable, but Jesus will give his life as a ransom, that is, a price paid to God, so that many, that is, an unspecified multitude, and it gives several verse, uh, a couple of verses in Mark, may escape death. Remember? The 
a way, a door has been provided for whosoever believes and receives the one whom God has declared. The, uh, the, prop, the preposition anti in place of means that Jesus' death is a substitute for all human deaths, but death results from human sin. So Jesus' ransom somehow removes the effects of sin, making forgiveness possi a possibility. There are no actual allusions here to the suffering servant in Isaiah 53, so Mark probably does not regard the ransom death of Jesus in sacrificial terms as a sin offering. But Mark chapter 14, verse 24, my blood of the covenant poured out for many suggests that Jesus understood his death as a covenant sacrifice. By linking his death to betrayal, Jesus also seems to understand it as, the, as that of a martyr, which in some contemporary Jewish thought was seen as a ransom for the sins of others. Basically, concerning the Maccabees, they had it in their mind. Well, if a martyr uh, can do this, as a ransom for the sins of others, brothers and sisters, we read it in the Psalms, no way, no how, not even impossible with man, except the Son of Man, who is also the Son of God. Remember? A perfect sacrifice. No spot, no blemish. What was the confession? I find no fault in him. It goes on under redemption in Paul. It says, His death bought release from death for believers at the cost of his own life. In, under conclusion, and I'll conclude with this, theologically, redemption flows from the Old Testament into the New Testament. As Redeemer, God, God as Redeemer, as Redeemer, God Himself, God lovingly demonstrates. It in the Exodus requires it in the law and consummates it in Christ. Now, because I mentioned the law, the law brings it into effect. Excuse me, the, the Lord presents the law, uh, and he brings also during that time uh, laws of redemption. And the thing is, brothers and sisters, remember Isaac? Or let's just go back sort of chron chronologically. Remember when they were? In Egypt and brought and God in testimony brought about a deliverance a redemption from among the dead from the bondage of death that was before the law was given brothers and sisters when the Exodus was experienced that was before the law before the Ten Commandments was ever presented when Abraham offered up his son his only son whom he loved that was way before Israel and Egypt. Time frame. Time frame. There was a passage that kind of laid that out as far as like uh, what happened first and everything, and I might have read it. Let's see. I know they, they somewhere it spoke of it really well. It 
See if I can find it. Nope, wasn't that one. I should have just put a big old arrow pointing at it. Like I said, I went, I've, I've been looking at nine pages of notes and I'm not going to find it. Terrible, but it was a good comment. You, you can search it out. I'll, I know I'll find it after I end this class here. Um, but anyway, you can look at it, <laughs> but it laid it out just in, in, in that reference, how redemption was before the law was given. And we, we always think of in context of the law. And yes, there is redemption from the law. Because, I mean, Paul even declares it. There's uh, redemption from, from, from uh, the law, uh, our bondage to the law, the bondage to the law in that sense. But this redemption out with the Exodus, out from Egypt, out from among the dead, happened before the law was given. The redemption of the firstborn with Abraham and Isaac was before the law was given. I mean, it was even before the Exodus once again. So going back, uh, let me just finish reading this. Where does it say? Um, As Redeemer, God lovingly demonstrates it in the Exodus, requires it in the law, and con consummates it in Christ. Its sub-themes are, are rescue from harm, freedom from tyranny, the forgiveness of sin and unbelievable joy. Paradoxically, paradoxically, it frees slaves of sin to make them slaves of God. But in the end, the slaves become God's adopted children for all eternity. This is indeed a wonderful story. And we look I'm not going to find it. Sorry, I was still trying to. <laughs> I was still trying to find that passage. Oh gosh. <clears throat> but I know I at least uh, printed it out. It's worse when I didn't, when I don't print a passage like that in my notes, and then I try to find it. Then I have to go back to searching passage and reference after reference just to find it. I know it's somewhere here in my notes, though. So once again, redemption, brothers and sisters, us who are born again. Our souls have experienced eternal redemption in the person of Christ. Uh, this is not a temporal redemption because this is not a temporal, listen, life. This is not a temporal deliverance. This is everything our souls experienced in a person, the Son of God, the Messiah. We who are born again, brothers and sisters, God hath declared we believed, God presented, we received. And by the work of the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, we entered in to everything that God had prepared our souls for. And 
Yes, indeed, brothers and sisters, there is no returning to that bondage again. So present all this to the Holy Spirit, our true teacher, that the Holy Spirit would take that whichever he desires to take to prepare the ground of our hearts for God's end and God's purpose. Amen? Amen. Uh, We'll see you in our next lesson. Lord bless.